Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen. So it's like at home where I just talk and you have your phone out? Is that what, what's that what we're doing? We're starting no, the podcast. I, I, just, I thought you was going to do your little shtick that you do. Don't you were just going to ignore it. Okay, great. No, that's awesome. No, I just was looking at something. Pack your body bags. We're going on a slaycation. Because whether it's a murder or a vacation, everyone just wants to plan the perfect getaway, right? Of course, on this show, nobody gets either. I'm your co-host, Adam Tex Davis, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely wife of 23 years, Jerry. Hi. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Hi, Kim. And my separate but equally lovely work wife of 15 years, Jerry. Hello. Hey, guys. Before we start, I want to introduce a new little... I don't know, segment, uh, things we learned from previous episodes of Slaycation. I'll start. (laughs) I had no idea Kim, my lovely wife, had such a lady boner for the actor who played Joe Kenda (laughs) in Homicide Hunter. I mean, he's a good looking guy. He is. He He has a name, by the way. Uh, He's not just a pile of crime solving meat. His name is Carl Marino. Yes. And he's married... And has two adult children. Nice. Well, you know that saying, just because you admire the art doesn't mean you want to buy it. Right. So I was going to say, you're stuck with me, the home fry, <laughs> the home fry hunter. Uh, <laughs> who, would, who would Adam play? Like, I'm trying to think of like, what famous detective you could play. Or, or who would play you in the TV adaptation of Slaycation? Uh, Kool-Aid? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a person? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about that one Bannerman Island case and uh, with Angelica Groswell. Oh, with the kayak where yeah. she, uh, her, her fiancé went. Yeah, the and, and the one thing that stood out to me, I, I did a little bit of looking around, and like the New York Post, for example, was savage on her. The headline was, Kayak Killer Gets Slap on the Wrist. Mm-hmm. And as we were discussing the case, it was like, you know, it wasn't clear-cut thing, but, you know, a headline can be made. I guess that's their thing, the New York Post. But... I will say, though, I did look at pictures of her, and she's kind of cute in an odd, evil pixie kind of way, but she does have crazy killer eyes. So I could see also why you'd look at her and think, like, yeah, she, you know. You think all killers have crazy killer eyes? No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, like, they don't all, but she definitely had the look, she of, had the look of, of killer well, let me, let me see, though, I'm going to have you, to investigate. I, we would need to take a look, but my we other do. question for you, Adam, is if you didn't know that she was involved in a death of someone, would you still think she had killer eyes? 
Or do you think you were coming to it looking like, oh, yeah, she's got those killer eyes? She looks like she has killer eyes. Like, she looks like somebody who's planning to kill someone. Okay. If she hasn't already killed someone. See, I've seen pictures of her, and I didn't have that impression. To me, she just looks like a Russian woman. She doesn't have a lot of emotion in her face. I don't know. Look at the eyes. Like, just take your finger and block out the rest of her. I'm pulling her up right now. I'm pulling her up. <laughs> just block out <laughs> the rest. Block out the rest and just look at the eyes. Huh. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't. Oh. All right, well. I don't know, Kim, what do you think? I mean, let's 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 pull this up open here. I just looked at like a Google search of all these images of her. Yeah, we're passing around the picture of Angelica Griswold. And if she's listening, I'm kind of kidding. <laughs> don't come find me, please. You're not seeing it? No. All right, well. Look, it's okay. Look, you guys are going to be victims. That's great. <laughs> Josh. Josh over here, our engineer. Killer eyes or? Look at the pictures of her not with somebody else. Okay, so only when she's alone she's thinking about murder? <laughs> <laughs> when do you think of murder? That's a good name for something. When I'm alone, I think of murder. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Moving on. Uh, like, <laughs> like always, Kim and Jerry will present today's case, which I have deliberately gone out of my way to know as little as possible about. This way I kind of get to learn right along with you, the listener, which isn't super easy to do, by the way. Jerry and I work together and talk pretty much every day. And Kim and I, of course, are married and live together, so we don't talk at all. But there still could be evidence lying around the house, a laptop, you know, a notepad or something. So they kept this one completely under wraps. So I legit have no idea what's in store for us today. So I'm excited. What do you got? I'm going to let Kim introduce the case, but I just wanted to say one thing before we do, which is I think it's important that we note that on this show, we're trying to do a couple of things different. Where One is we really want to think about the victims of these murders. There's a lot of crime shows and murder shows that just touch on it. And I think it's really important to think about, you know, who the person was who was killed. And I also like to dig in a little. So sometimes these cases are, are seem cut and dry. But when you dig in, there can be questions about whether the really was a, a murder or whether there was some reason why the person was found guilty had to plead to something that maybe didn't happen. And so I'm going to say that specifically about this case we're about to talk about. Yeah, that's okay. very true. You can edit that part out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're such a dick. Why I you got to be such an asshole? What is wrong with you? I don't you? know. I'm just Jesus. trying to have fun. What is wrong just trying to have fun. This isn't about fun. Oh. Oh. Okay. Sorry. This when is you serious say business. <laughs> serious business. This is what I live with. <laughs> Everything is a joke. Right. I'm Every not sure if you're <laughs> joking right now. <laughs> no, no. I, there are times when I literally have to turn to him and go, is everything a joke? Yes. Is everything fucking comedy? Yes. Is me needing emergency gallbladder surgery hilarious to you? Okay, what was, fun what was funny about that? <laughs> How, where, exactly. where did you find the joke in that? Did you like, the gall of you? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just makes jokes all the time. And sometimes it leads to arguments. Oh, by the way, sometimes it also leads to getting in trouble at work. Well, Not with me. Right. We've been in situations where people have been like, why are you guys having so much fun? We're like, because we're... Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were just implying that we just got in trouble because I rickrolled the uh, people we were working with. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Love that. Oh. Yeah. Well, like, anyway. Uh, okay. All right. Kim, uh, would you mm. like to go ahead and introduce... This yes. Case. Well, you know, it seems water is a very dangerous thing. Today, we're going to be talking about the case of Tina Watson. She was born Christina 
May Thomas on the 13th of February, 1977. She met her betrothed, Gabe, who was born David Gabriel Watson on March 5th. What a coincidence. My birthday is March 4th. I That's know, the but still. No, no, I'm telling still, the listeners who don't know me why, right, why that no, would be a coincidence. He's still a Pisces. But anyway, so they met at the University of Alabama, and they initially started off as friends. Seems like a playful relationship, a flirty relationship. She was actually involved with somebody else at the time. But as time went on, that just friends situation turned into a relationship. Also a coincidence. <laughs> also a feature film starring Ryan Reynolds and Anna Ferris. Right. I never it's- saw it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they were both students. Was this like the late 90s? Early yeah. 2000s? Yeah. Okay. Early, yeah, yeah early like two, 2000s. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so they had a two-year relationship and ended up getting married. But before that, Gabe had wanted to ask for her hand in marriage and went to her father and, you know, expressed that he wanted to marry Tina, as she is known as. And initially he called him on the phone and he said, well, this is something you really should do in person. So he arranged to meet with him in person and he asked him again if he could ask Tina to marry him. Did he say no? You know... He didn't say yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a dick move. Hey, you mm-hmm. should do this in person. Okay, they set up a person meeting and then he Easy, says no. Easy, buddy. Easy. That's kind of a... Well, but that is what happened. If you're going to say no, just say no on the phone. Like, don't <laughs> well, make the guy like, hey, meet me at IHOP and then like, no. And you're paying very old, old school dad right? <laughs> kind of move. Yeah, for sure. It's just dicky enough that I might write it down. Well, also, just this guy, this family, in fact, she'd brought home boyfriends and the parents never liked anyone That's she brought right. home. Just as a general rule, they just mm. there was always something wrong with everybody. Right. Her family did seem to have an issue with warming up to anybody that she brought home. And this case was no exception. This boyfriend was no exception. Do we know why he might have refused? You know, a lot of what my understanding is, is they just didn't particularly care for him. And there was really nothing that I could find that would make mm-hmm. me think, ooh. Right. It just felt like... Nobody's good enough for Tina. Exactly. The okay. proverbial, mm, I don't know if... So he, he, he says no, or he doesn't say he yes. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say no. He doesn't say yes. But it really doesn't stop Gabe from proposing. They're in love. Right. They're okay. in love, and they'd been together for a couple of years. Does she say yes? She does say yes. That's the more important one. Right. She's excited. She loves this right. guy. So yes. Gotcha. Yes. Did he tell her that her dad said... Uh, she knew. She... Yeah. His mom, Gabe's mom, called Tina's mom after the engagement and invited her to dinner. Okay. Right? That's yeah. a nice mom. Bring the families Bring the together. Family. Let's get together. Get to know. Tina's mom said, why <laughs> would I do that? She's oh. marrying into your family. You're not marrying into ours. Oh. So... It's, All right, so it feels like their family is a little eh, off. A little off, a little insular. She's she an only child? She has a younger sister. And she's adopted, was another thing we should mention. Tina was adopted. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like that, that the family's that protective over the adopted kid. I mean, they raised her. Yeah. She's their daughter. All accounts of her childhood was that she was happy mm-hmm. and 
she had a very good childhood. Right. Where was this, by the way? Alabama. Alabama. Okay. So okay. So obviously they they started off on a on a weird note where like he went around the dad for the proposal, but they do like each other. So they get married. But like was there any kind of weirdness or red flags or anything between them that might make you think like this isn't ideal or idyllic? I saw one thing. I don't remember if you saw this. There was like a, a breakup at some point. They had broken up, according to her best friend. Obviously before they got married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They had broken up. I'm not sure why, but I understand that they did break up. And apparently she had some interest or her friend had suggested that she go meet up with a cousin of hers. Tina should meet... Her friend's cousin. Right. As a substitute for gay. Right. You know, I think that they had some connection or sort, and it was sort of like, go see him. And she did. Did that but, didn't work Yeah, out but and, no, no. Okay. And she ended up back together with Gabe. And then there was another where I believe it was her sister who had said that they were meeting, and then Gabe had come later, and they had an argument, and he had thrown... I guess a slice of pizza <gasps> at her. That is well unforgivable. A look, wasting pizza. Yeah, that is. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> of I, you all know, the things Gabe has done, this is the most. No, I have to say, though, do I consider that a red flag? I mean, look, they're young. They're you know, relationships can get heated in certain circumstances. I don't know that I would look at that and think, oh, he murdered her. So I don't know that I would look at that and cite that as right. okay. something that is a, a red flag or something that should alert you as, oh, this person is not good. Right. But you know that if you ever see me throw well, pizza, that's, yeah, but then obviously that's things a have whole reached different, a uh, DEFCON. That's a whole uh, different. Yeah. DEFCON 1. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things was Gabe was an avid diver. And he enjoyed diving, had even recently become a certified rescue diver. And he insisted that if he and Tina were going to be together in any serious way, that she would need to adopt some of his hobbies, most notably diving. And she promptly began taking diving lessons. Wow. Okay. And maybe he wasn't insisting, but like... Basically, his, I think, grandmother had offered a trip to the Great Barrier Reef mm. to go diving. And he That's had the right. idea, why don't we just turn that into our honeymoon? It was supposed to be a graduation gift for him. Yes. And then... Morphed into our honeymoon. Uh, exactly. At which point he was like, well, you're going to need to learn how to dive. You're, right. Because we're going diving. Huh. Maybe that's why the dad was not happy. He's like really not into diving. Well, <laughs> you know, like, hey, I'm going to marry your daughter. A, She's going to get really good at diving. Well, <laughs> he had a bad snorkel experience as <laughs> a child. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> He's still yeah. recovering from the bends. Well, she did take some diving lessons. More than I could get you to do. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you're not doing any of the I'm stuff not. I like. Anyway, so. <laughs> So anyway, Christina ended up taking some lessons and... Now, this is like scuba dive. This isn't like yes. just, you know, snorkeling or... Scuba. Yeah, the whole, whole thing, the whole tanks thing. and yep. all that. Okay. Yeah, she took some lessons and they ended up planning their honeymoon. They were going to the Great Barrier Reef. Oh. 
Yes. And what were they going to do? The it was going to dive. They have special tours there. What's so great about it? <laughs> well, there's a lot of exciting things. I mean, no, I'm kidding. diving I'm kidding. is a whole thing. And apparently Gabe was very passionate about diving. It was something that he'd done as a teenager. And he was very excited for this trip. Mm-hmm. So what was their big plan? So their plan was to dive this shipwreck. And they um, got on a boat called the Spoil Sport, got to the site of the SS Sangala, and the plan was to uh, explore that wreck. It's worth noting here, this is not a an easy dive. This is not a beginner dive. Oh. No. A, not even a moderate How far dive. down? 30-something meters. It's almost 100 feet down. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's an area with currents, and the shipwreck itself is considered challenging when you're down there. Wait, they're so, going to swim around inside the shipwreck? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and the Great Barrier Reef, isn't there like sharks and stuff over there? Possibly. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I... The only thing I know there's for sure is flesh-eating bacteria because that's where my father contracted MRSA that ate half of his hand. At the Great Barrier Reef. Did he go down to that ship? He was nowhere near the ship. He just went in the water, like snorkeling. He was on that ship when it first sank. (laughs) He was actually the captain. (laughs) Captain Cliff. (laughs) But yeah, this is not a dive for beginners. And And this is her first big dive. It's her first dive below nine meters, right? So this is is like three times deeper than she's ever been. Mm. He has done, as Kim said, you know, he's an experienced diver. He's done 50 plus dives. He's a certified safety diver, but his safety certification is not open water. He has little to no open water experience. He's Which mostly, is what they were doing. Yeah, this is like right. open open water. And is it just them or is it a group no. or something? They're with a group. Okay. It's a whole company out of Australia that gotcha. has dive masters, a support ship. Okay, so there's people so, that could potentially help if there's a problem. Mm-hmm. But, yes. So is this guy like just... Is this a slaycation or is this guy in, just like an idiot guy? No, no, honey, you'll be fine. It's okay. Well, yeah, you can do it. Let, let's go through the story and see. Yeah. And Tina had five dives under her belt. Like, she was a novice. But when they had made the arrangements to do this dive, there was a whole process. And part of the process was the head diver. Dive master. Right. That's it. The dive master. Yeah. Was to interview all the divers regarding their experience. It's expected that you've had some diving training. Mm -hmm. And there was a couple of things that was interesting. It was interesting that they were supposed to be interviewed separately. So you're interviewed one-on-one. They don't interview the couples. They're not supposed to interview the couples together so as to not have one be influenced by the other. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting was they were interviewed together. The other thing was, was that this company required that there be some type of orientation. If you were not terribly experienced, you were supposed to have a, what is it, Jerry, uh, it a dive a, guard? Like sort of like yeah, a... Yeah, it was like a, a dive orientation, basically like a safety class and a orientation. So in the interview, which they had them together, he, Gabe, was like, we're good. I'm experienced. I'm her dive buddy. Don't worry about it. Right. We're right. good. Okay. Now, had they been interviewed separately, it's likely that the dive master would have gotten two questions in with Tina and been like, okay, whatever your husband says, you have to go through safety orientation. 
Right. So she so didn't even go through the orientation. They refused twice. They asked him yeah. once after the interview. And then again, they're like, are you sure? When they were out on the boat and they said, we're fine. Right. They were very adamant that they were fine and that they were not in need of any well, additional support. Right. Well, were they adamant or was he adamant? It sounds like. <laughs> sounds uh, like he was adamant. I mean, I don't think I'm pulling this on you, honey. Oh, no, she's good. I can't swim. <laughs> I don't think they're like you need yeah, a you swim know. orientation. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think this is working with Kim. But that's okay. That's uh, good. That's why Kim is here. So <laughs> she she was nervous about it, but she trusted him. He was a experienced guy. He's a confident guy. She thought knew what he was doing as far as diving. Right. I'm sure she felt safe, Oof. confident. Oof. Did she? I mean, look, I, just speaking for myself, if you said to me, oh, I've got you, I would feel safe. In the water? I don't know about the water. If I was like an avid skydiver and I was like, don't worry about it. We'll just go together and I got you. Well, I I wouldn't do that. That's that's the thing. It feels like this is a dangerous thing. She needed to... She should have spoken up. She should have spoken up. We're in the middle of an ocean. Right. It's like, I've taken a dive class in a pool and a lake. Right. So... Maybe I shouldn't even be here. Yeah. Well, but she also might exactly. be like, I'm on my honeymoon. Right. We've come all this way. I want to have a good time. So I'm I think just she go. wants to make her husband, her new husband, happy. See, Kim would have done the passive-aggressive thing. She would have said, yes, yes, yes. And then the day of, she would have just slept in. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be noon. And, like, you just missed <laughs> breakfast and the lunch and uh, the boat's left. And, uh, all right, I guess I'll dive alone. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. He would lie his way into their dreams. He was looking for James Bond girls. How fun would that be to be a Bond girl? Then twist them into a nightmare. This guy has done this before. He'll do it again. Until a group of women banded together to put him behind bars and keep him there. You have to participate fiercely, fiercely in what happens next. I'm Keith Morrison, and this is Murder in the Hollywood Hills, an all-new podcast from Dateline. Listen to Murder in the Hollywood Hills for free each week or subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com to unlock new episodes one week early. Anyway, okay, so right now in my head, I'm like, is this guy a murderer or is he an asshole? So we're up to the point they've been interviewed together. Right. Incorrect. They've refused the orientation, which is incorrect. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, incorrect of the dive company to allow her to refuse it. They, the dive, they, yes, they, 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 should, they never should never have oh, allowed. That, that is absolutely right. true. Never given her inexperience, given just even the amount of dives. Right, yeah. All right, so blame to, blame to go around. So now we're on the dive boat and we're ready to go diving. And The Yungala? Yungala. Yungala. Yes. And they're diving off of, of course, the spoil sport. The spoil sport. Yes. Right. Well, exactly. she didn't want to be a spoil sport, so she went along with it. Yeah. It's almost like the universe was like, yeah. you're going in. Yeah. You're not, don't be a spoil sport. Yeah. If the boat was called the WTF, like <laughs> she'd still be here. <laughs> you know. Oh, hell no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they suited up and started to go down. But there was some issue 
with his monitor. Oh, the dive computer. Right. The stupid dive computer. Right. He was saying that it started beeping at him. Who? Gabe? Yes. Right after they got in the water. He's like, the dive computer's beeping. Something's wrong. Right. We got to get back out. So he gets Tina and they get back onto the boat where he says that his battery was in backwards on the dive computer. Takes a coin, opens it, flips the battery. Now everything's working. And now they go back in. Dive computer is something that's on them? You wear the dive computer. Okay. It tells you things your, your like depth, depth and your okay. oxygen levels, all that right. kind of There's stuff. Right, there's a lot of information. All right. This key point actually becomes a very important point mm-hmm. in the story. But he fixes the dive computer, and he's like, all right, honey, we're good. Let's go back in the water. Fixes or quote-unquote fixes. Okay, <laughs> anyway. No, he fixes it. I mean, it, oh, wor- right. Right. it was yeah. legitimately It was beeping, beeping and right. now it's not beeping. Okay. Even the beeping becomes an issue later in this case. Oh, but boy. the point is, yeah. the dive computer is working now, and they go back in the water. Now, he back. has one, and she has one, too? She does have a dive computer. Right. Hers was not as sophisticated as his. But you get this from the company, or you bring your own? He brought, he his, his, own. He brought his own. Yeah. She used I don't the, know the where she one. got hers, but he definitely gotcha. had his own. Okay. Right. It's like I mean, when I played, uh, what's that, uh, frisbee? No. Soccer? <laughs> football? No, when you shoot people with paint paintballs. Paint, paintball. It's, I guess it's just called paintball, right? Like, there would be people that have to rent the gun. They sucked. And right. then there's people that show up with their own, like, souped-up paintball gun that could kill you. Not like, paintball. Man, I went one time. We were doing a shoot, and we had to go do paintball. That hurts. Oh, yeah. Those balls hurt. Yeah. I didn't know that until I went and did it. It was a lot right. of fun. But, but people would bring their own modified thing that shoots it 10 times harder and yeah. faster and, and more accurate. And you've got one that is, like, paint is blowing up inside the gun, and, like, it's dribbling out. You can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. And then you get shot in the neck, and then you have a welt for, like, a month. Anyway. Yeah. So they resolve that. Okay, and dive computer fixed, back in the water. Right, they resolve that, and they get back into the water. And everybody else has gone down at this point? Like, they're the only I mean, ones? there's just activity around them. People okay. are getting ready to go in. Some people are already down there. Just to paint a little bit of a picture, this is an area where lots of dives are happening. There's big boats, and then off the big gotcha. boats are the little dive boats. So this whole place is filled right. with... Right, it's a great barrier. Everybody's, right. everybody's checking it out. Yeah, there's yeah. People all it's over. like a tourist destination, yes. if you yeah. will, in the world of diving. Right. Sure, it's the great barrier reef. Right, right. It's not the good barrier reef or the <laughs> mediocre barrier reef. <laughs> I'm certain that's what the term great means in that sense. You think great is like a, an adjective? <laughs> that it's like, awesome? It's the awesome barrier reef. <laughs> Well, maybe it's big. It's the outstanding barrier reef. It's the Grand Canyon of <laughs> reefs. That's accurate. Thank you. Wow. Huh. We got there. Yeah. I would love to see an old shipwreck, but I'm not diving. Mm-mm. Right. Me either. I don't care how much I love you. Right. I, Kim's going to the Titanic Museum. Mm-hmm. Correct. She's walk around and see the Titanic. She's not <laughs> going in a little, right. <laughs> little tiny. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So anyway, so they make another effort to get back in the water and they descend. And then he notes that she has a concerned, anxious look on her face. Mm-hmm. And this is about 30 feet around 10 meters down, which is about as deep as she's ever gone before. 30 right. feet is crazy deep. It's deep. It is. And she's clearly at this Panicking. point having some, some kind of anxiety and panic. Okay. Right. And signals to him that she wants to go back up. Okay. And then I guess there was some kind of scuffle, you know, I guess in her anxiety she knocks off his mask. She's panicking so much that she's not even able to get herself back to the rope that you can go up. Right. That's the easiest way back up. Right. Does they so have he, this lead he, that he you can use. Okay, right, right. right. So he goes over to her to try and help her to get her to the rope. Right. And she's freaking out and hits his mask 
and regulator. Wait, his mask and his regulator. Yes. So yes. everything oh. comes off of him. Oh. Right. He lets go of her for a second uh-huh. to fix his stuff. And she apparently got unconscious at that point and she was sinking. Holy right. moly. Yikes. Yeah. I thought our honeymoon was bad. We didn't have a honeymoon. Exactly. Anyway. So she's, and, <laughs> and at that point. We're an episode on that. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys didn't have a honeymoon. No. All right. We didn't. Not hmm. an official one. Hmm. <laughs> our whole marriage is a honeymoon. Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> or, huh. Anyway. <laughs> so. So she's sinking. Right. And what happens is by the time he's put his mask and regulator in, and reorients himself, he sees that she has sort of drifted away. Quite far. Right. Like too far for him to quickly get to. Right. Then he makes a split decision at that point. Either I try to go and retrieve her or I go get help. Because maybe I can't get her on my own. Like he says he's also panicking. Later, he tells us. Right. Right. By the way, all of this is his version or is this a corroborated... No, I mean, this is his version. This This is is his story. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she's drifting away. And even though he's got enough oxygen to go down to a shipwreck, he feels that he can't get to her. Right. So it's better to what? Go up? Well, it's not just get to her, but also get her up. Because remember, it's not just her. It's also the weight of her tanks. Right. Her dive vest. So he's given different, slightly different versions of the story. But the basic telling of it from him is that he wasn't sure. He made a split second decision that he didn't think he would be able to get to her and bring her to the surface. Right. By himself. Which it's like, okay, but aren't you trained rescue guy? Well, he said too that there was a problem with his ear. Let's just, for the sake of argument, said he panicked and decided that the best possible thing to do would be to go to the surface and get help. And he reports that he rapidly ascended to get help for Tina. And he alerted the... The dive master. The dive master, right. Who was on the boat, I guess. Yes. Was he on the boat or in the water? I think he was on the boat. Okay. I think that he so was... To, I'm going to go all the way back to the surface and get help. That's Now somebody has to dive back in and go all the way down to find her. Which is what happened. So Gabe goes to the service. He signals to the dive master, a gentleman named Wade Singleton, who quickly goes down, sees her. At this point, she's actually... She's just still on the bottom of the ocean, 100 feet oh down. God. She's on the she's ocean the sh- floor. The floor, yeah. And in fact, there's actually a photograph. A fellow diver was down there taking photographs, and off in the distance, you can see that there is a photograph. This is the photo. It's creepy, I warn you. Right. This is inadvertently, someone took a photo of her laying on the the ocean floor. Right, and you could see that fuzzy outline in In the the back. back. So the dive master goes in, gets down to her, and he encounters an issue, which is... You're supposed to be able to inflate, I think it's called like the safety vest, mm-hmm. which could get someone right you know, up to the surface. It's a thing that gets you the service, but yeah. it's also you can use it during the dive to like change your buoyancy. Right. And it's not getting her up as fast as it should. Right. Her she's, vest. She's waited for some reason. Yeah. She she's... has. So the dive company turns out put too much weight because you have to have extra weights on you to counteract your natural buoyancy. 
to get you right. to be able to go down. Right. And so that you can dive and explore and Right. Someone did the math wrong. They overweighted her. Oh my God. So the vest she's wearing that should be helping her get back up isn't doing much. So there's just a lot of terrible things happening. Yeah. Now, there happens to be a doctor, a doctor named Dr. Stutz. He saw what he said was Watson engaged in a bear hug. Tr- trying to hold her. Right. Yeah. You mean in the water? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Before, oh, so now we're going back right. to them in the water. Yeah. Dr. Stutz corroborates that Gabe was trying to help her at some point. He's a tourist. He's just there right. diving. But as soon as they get the, the body up to the surface, I shouldn't say the body, as soon as they get <laughs> Tina up to the surface. So the dive master is able to eventually yes. get her, despite the overweighted, mm-hmm. despite all he that. He gets her up. He gets her he up gets there. Her. Not as fast as they would have liked, but he gotcha. gets her up okay. to the surface. And she's unconscious. She's unconscious. They surface right next to another dive boat from another company okay. called the Jazz, Jazz two. 2. And they get her into the Jazz 2, and Dr. Stutz has seen all this happen. So he comes over, and uh, there's an actually another doctor happens to be around. So they start performing emergency CPR and whatever they can. But she never regains. No. No. Okay. No, I mean, they, they frantically begin CPR and resuscitation. Do we have any idea, like, like how long was she in the water, like down at the bottom and stuff? I think it was about 10 minutes. That's what I'd read. Yeah. Which seems that's... like a lot. I mean, she has air. So mm-hmm. even if she's unconscious, she's still breathing. Is she breathing? Or... Theoretically. But we don't. You don't know. Right? We don't know. Okay. We know that she has air in her tanks. Right, and the tanks were full of air when she was brought up to the surface. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious why she passed out. Like, was it from fear or? Well, or was here's her an thing interesting thing. Her instructors had cited that she was an incredibly anxious diver mm-hmm. and that there were times, like in those five dives, where she didn't even complete it. I mean, even the little dives in the pool. Right. Correct. She had no business being on this dive. Right, right, exactly. I mean, there are people that climb Mount Everest and, and don't have... They do, but they are a higher risk of, of dying. Course. The other thing that doesn't get mentioned much, you and I haven't talked about this, but it, it, it's sort of, it's a, it's a footnote that I'm surprised didn't get brought up more often, is she has a condition, this condition called paroxysmal supraventricular tachycardia. Which is PSVT uh, for people like me who could never pronounce that. I just yeah, did that. That's pretty good. I, thank you. That I'm, is very good. I'm I've been, impressed. I, I've been practicing for weeks. What, what was it again? I, I missed it. Uh, it was a paroxysmal what? supraventricular tachycardia. Okay. Wow. I don't, that's probably not correct. Is that like so scu- get letters? Is that scubophobia? What is <laughs> I think it? I just made up. No, it's so a heart it's, condition. It's a, it's a heart oh, condition. Oh, so the heart condition, specifically, it's a heart condition where you have irregular heartbeats. It's considered a serious arrhythmia condition. It's considered to be highly incompatible with scuba diving. Really? Triggers include... Triggers include... Cold cold water. water. (laughs) (laughs) Stress. Stress. Lack of sleep. Barriers. Exercise. (laughs) Literally. These are the things. Right. Right. And in fact, the Divers Alert Network, which is the nonprofit organization that provides diver safety information says that anyone who has more than one episode of this type of arrhythmia should never dive. I wonder if he knew that before he uh, proposed. He was aware. In fact, her father had expressed concern to Gabe, essentially saying, my daughter has this condition. Mm -hmm. Oh, this this came up before him. Yeah, this frightens me. She's going to dive. No, she can't dive. That's pretty much how that went down. That's it. 
again, she chose, she's a grown yeah. woman, she chose to take the risk. But according to doctors and the scuba diving nonprofit medical organization literally says specifically, if you have this condition and you've had more than one episode of it, you shouldn't be diving. Right. So the panic and the anxiety, we don't know that she had an episode of this. There's no way to know that. The coroner report, which wasn't really done conclusively at the time. There was a later sort of revisiting of it, but they said that they didn't see any evidence of a heart oh, issue. Well, okay. But it's one of these things where... Does your dive computer compute that as well? <laughs> or no? I guess not. Yeah. Wait. Well, she had had a surgery to correct that. Because she wanted it's... to go diving? No, I think she... I must dive! You fix my heart? <laughs> I don't know if that's what it was, <laughs> no, no. but I, my understanding is that she did have a surgery to correct that. Nonetheless, it's still recommended that she would have gotten clearance from a cardiologist before. So they bring her up from the surface. She never regains consciousness, right? So is she pronounced dead there on the boat or back on the shore? No, she's pronounced dead on the Jazz 2 ship. Okay. And now at this time, and Gabe, Gabe is, is yeah. on the other ship. Spoil sport. Yes. Yeah. She was pronounced dead at 11.21, and the dive began at 10.30. Jesus. That right. Is, that is efficient. Okay, so Gabe is on the other boat. They let him know, I guess? Yeah, they come to him, and they break the bad news. I mean, this is a spectacular, just series of horrible things, and I'm, like, hearing culpability everywhere, from the mm -hmm. dive company to Gabe to whatever. So we have a whole festival of terrible happening. Right. Yes. I'm wondering, like, okay, where's okay. the slaycation part so coming? So the slaycation part comes in mm -hmm. when, to your point, yes, there's every, lots of culpability, just lots of mistakes were made. Gabe goes home. And if you remember, the Thomases, right. Tina's family, yeah. were not a fan of Gabe. Neither am I. Yeah, you might not be, but they were not, yep. uh, more importantly. Yep. <laughs> they definitely, <laughs> they definitely were not. not. And they decide that he did this for the insurance money. Oh, insurance, insurance money. money. Huh. And they start telling people that there was a large insurance policy that Gabe had specifically inquired before the wedding about increasing her life insurance payout from her job. So wait, they just got married. Mm-hmm. And they immediately, he started with life insurance. Or no, before, before the wedding. She had a life insurance policy from her work. And she made him the beneficiary. No. Well, no. This is what's interesting. So okay. the family starts telling everyone that Gabe was trying to benefit from this big life insurance policy. Gotcha. And they tell people, which is accurate, that prior to the wedding, Gabe and Tina had discussed getting quarter of a million dollar life insurance policies on each other. Mm-hmm. And had even contacted an insurance agent. Gabe had asked her about could she actually maybe would save the money if she could just increase her policy she already had from work. So there was a life insurance conversation happening. Gotcha. Okay. And the family starts spreading the word that, you know, isn't it suspicious that he was asking about these big life insurance policies and that maybe that's what was happening right. here. And it comes out that the only life insurance policy she had was for $30,000. Okay. And the from beneficiary was, was her for father. Dad. Oh. But he doesn't tell people that. That's not what the story he's telling. Oh. Right. He's just trying to paint well, Gabe she, as a murderer. She had come to her father and had talked to her father about insurance and about 
Gabe wanting her to. Gotcha. And he essentially said to her, don't worry about that now. Go on your honeymoon. Address it when you come back. It's actually interesting. What he claims specifically, he said, was. He is the father. The father. Tommy. Yes. So Tommy says that his daughter, Mm -hmm. Tina, came to him and said, Dad, Gabe wants me to increase my life insurance policy at work. And he says to his daughter, don't do it. Don't worry about it. But just tell Gabe you did it to get him off your back. Right. Right. A very weird piece of advice. Telling your daughter to lie to her soon-to-be husband about a life insurance policy. All of it's weird. Like him hounding her to get more life insurance and then him saying, like, just say you did it. I don't know if it's weird to discuss life insurance. I mean, I mean, it, it on your honeymoon. So, no, not on your honeymoon. No, I mean, but like, right. but it seems it, it doesn't seem crazy as a newly married couple to have those things in place. Well, I mean, I think we Honestly. waited till we had our daughter before we really got serious about life insurance. But but I don't think that's smart. I never claimed to be smart. Well, you are smart. But the thing is, <laughs> with life insurance. You, you know could, what it is? We had go- insurance, but we didn't have, like, a lot. Okay. Right. But the thing is, if you're married, and either one or both of you is not working, and something happens to one person, the last thing you want to be doing when you're, like, dealing with the death of your spouse is figuring out, what am I going to do for money? Even for things sure. like a funeral. Everything costs money. He's an organized guy. This just might be on his checklist. Like, I just want to make sure we're covered. But so you know, the insurance agent that they reached out to Notes that in his notes, he said that when Gabe spoke to him, he said, look, Tina and I are interested in getting a, a quarter of a million dollar policy on each other, but we're going to be going on our honeymoon. We'll reach out to you, you know, in a few months when we're back. Hmm. So he was not. It wasn't like a make sure this happens before the honeymoon because no. there might be an accident on the barrier reef. No. Just saying. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, according to the insurance agent's notes in his in his records, Gabe was like, Let's just... Okay, so he was tabling it. Like, mm. it wasn't, like, a priority. Yeah. Okay. Did she take Dad's advice? Unclear. Okay. The, the whole the whole thing with Dad saying he told her to lie to Gabe and say right. she upped the insurance, it's just weird. I, okay. I don't know what to make So of he's it. saying this, but there's no proof of it. Zero proof. Oh. Hi, I'm Lale Arakogli, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes... I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you. And it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen. Hey, this is Kim. You know me. I love a good true crime podcast. Well, I'm not the only one who's excited for The Burden, a new true crime series from Orbit Media, the folks who brought you the number one hit, Empire on Blood. Anyway, The Burden tells the story of Detective Louis Florella, 
once celebrated for solving the toughest cases in New York City in the 90s. But things took a turn when a group of convicted murderers, all claiming to be innocent, became jailhouse lawyers and began investigating the investigator. Turns out they uncovered all kinds of issues with Detective Sclarella's involvement in dozens of cases, which led to the release of over 20 people he helped convict. Not only that, but the government had to pay out a record-breaking $150 million in wrongful conviction settlements with more to come. The question is, can these potentially wrongly convicted murderers get themselves released too? You'll have to listen to find out. The Burden, which includes first-time interviews with Detective Sclarella himself, is out now with new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so now, where are we? We are (laughs) (laughs) back in Alabama. Okay. Okay. So Gabe has returned to Alabama. There's a funeral. The tensions are very, very high. Well, the the funeral director had remarked that he had to keep the family separate because it was just so Mm -hmm. intense. And Gabe's mom ran into Tina's mom, and Tina's and Gabe's mom, of course, expressed just the Mm -hmm. horror. And Tina's mom said, well, if it was me, there's no way I would let my daughter slip away. There's a sense of finger-pointing and blame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she was, you know, angry and upset. Gabe had it exhibited what would be considered some strange behaviors on the boat. People were questioning, why didn't he ask to be taken to his wife? Why didn't he go to the Jazz 2 boat where they were working on his wife? Why was he hanging back? So he knew she was there and mm-hmm. like he, literally, well, it's unclear how easy it would have been to get from the one boat to the other. Right. Um, but it was something that came up. I feel like the boat could have driven to the other boat, but I guess maybe sure. The, there's, there's, there's a lot. Pa- there's, yeah. This is a panicking situation. Yeah, like you've yeah, got yeah. someone dying in the middle of a vacation. Now, right. this is also turns into a classic case of he didn't act the way he was supposed to, right? He didn't mm-hmm. do the things he was supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to do. And there's a guy back in Alabama, a family friend who's a bigwig in Helena, that part of Alabama, a guy named Bob Austin, who actually says on the record, he goes, I knew someone was going to say he didn't do the right thing. And he got with the Watson family and was like, just be ready, because mm. this is one of those situations where you guys need to be ready for people to say you didn't do the right thing. And if someone presses this, it could become a thing. Right. So what were some of the wrong things he was doing? Wrong things, like Kim just said, not rushing over to the boat, not expressing the correct emotion at the time. So he didn't seem particularly interested. Somebody even suggested or remarked that he was playing cards. Right, which we don't know if that's true or not. Right, it's just hearsay. Right. Hopefully not go fish. He he removed the wedding ring from her. At her 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 funeral, funeral. he removed the engagement ring. She could keep the wedding ring that's three months salary right so he wasn't gonna let that go right so Jeez. this is the whole yeah, 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 yeah. look he, he did a lot of things that were just but like, is this odd. a slaycation or is this just a horrible accident well yeah. here's what happens oh so the thomas's uh-huh. her family as bob austin family friend predicted they're like we're gonna press this yeah we're not happy we want answers right so they go to the Helena, Alabama Police Department, 
which is, I could show you a photo, but I think you can imagine it's a small police department of about seven people. <laughs> right. And like, they say, we would like some answers. And I was trying to find whether this family was influential in Helena or had some... I never got the sense that they were particularly influential, but I think that their just mere presence and just sort of being in the faces of yeah. officials, it was just clear that they were not going to go away. Right. Did this make the news? Like, was this... Uh, okay. Yeah, it started becoming news to the point where... In uh, 2004, when they contacted the Helena police and said, we're not satisfied, we think that there was a crime committed here, the Helena police started trying to reach out to the Australians. And eventually, the Helena police, by about 2006, so it's three years later, decide that they've got enough evidence of foul play, right? So they've concocted a case that revolves around the malfunctioning dive computer. They found witnesses who claim they saw... Well, it was suspected that the bear hug that they... Right. So Stutz, Dr. Stutz, whose name I can't forget now, said he saw, he saw Gabe giving her a bear hug as in like... Like trying to keep her from sinking. Right. And it trying was... Trying to keep her from sinking. Right. Like, like helping. Right. Oh, but I was but, in my head. I was like, bear hug is in like holding her down or freaking her out. Or, well, but then the Helena police, and I don't know whether they found someone whether they came up with this on their own or found someone, but they concoct a theory that during the bear hug, what actually was happening was that Gabe turned her oxygen off long enough to suffocate her. And then oh. put it back on. And then put on. it back on so that no one would know. So that by the time she was sinking, she was unconscious. Ah, I'll tell you what, that's a good slication. That is a good method. You know, that is tricky. They also decide that the dive computer that we were speaking of that he claimed was malfunctioning, they say, no, that couldn't be possible. The, the dive computer, if the battery was in wrong, wouldn't be doing anything. It wouldn't be beeping. Right. So they claim the theory is that when they first went in the water, they were with the whole group, right? So they were with supervisors and all the other tourists. So then he pretends his dive computer is not working. Right. They go back on the boat. He changes the battery but while he's doing that, everyone else is moving along on the dive. So when they go back in the water, they're more isolated. You gave them separation. Separation. Gotcha. And that's when 30 feet under, she starts to panic. Right. He bear hugs her, right. turns her oxygen off, suffocates her, turns it back on. She sinks. Done. Okay. Wow. All right. Wow. So you're back in. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in. Okay. <laughs> what was Dr. Stutz doing? Like, is he just really slow? Like, how was he, like, seeing them? <laughs> They're all not that far away. I, I mean, I, no, but, I think also, too, you have to remember... There's probably just people everywhere. Eyewitnesses. Right. These are all from other people, secondhand information, eyewitnesses. I mean, who knows? Right. Who knows? You're also right. at the Great Barrier Reef. It's like, oh, look, there's fish, there's mm -hmm. coral, there's a murder. Like, you're not really expecting, you know, it's no, like... No, it's not. You're not looking for that. So, so they get the Australians involved, okay? Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> Well, the Australian the police, yeah. the Helena Police Department gets the Australian police involved. The Australian police. Oh, well, because Great, the Great, Great Barrier. Barrier. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. so it's Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they reach out. I'm sure they work together a lot. Uh, yes, the Helena. It's their. Ah, it's Alabama on the phone again. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the, the entire country of Australia is the sister precinct for the yeah, Helena, right. Alabama <laughs> Police Department. Exactly. It's a long-standing yeah. cultural exchange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they get to the Australian 
coroner, actually, and this becomes international news, right? So it starts to turn into this story of like this unsolved murder. Instead of it being a tragic right. situation, now there's a theory, right? There's a theory of what happened. And so it starts to become news in Australia. And the coroner, this Mr. Glasgow, who's the Australian head coroner, states, I'm going to just read you the quote so you can understand the political situation we find ourselves in. Okay, okay. yeah. Unless there is some decision on this matter soon, her father will generate considerable publicity over the perceived lack of action over the death of his daughter. This lack of action will by implication reflect badly on the office of the coroner and on the Queensland police. You will gather from my comments that I am concerned that this matter has real potential for political embarrassment of major nature. So the family has succeeded. Yeah, not the in pressure. It's on. A pressure. They right? put the pressure the on Australia. All of Australia. Australia, right? Oh my God. Yeah. So we know two things here. Number one is political pressure works. Number two, Australia, man, like kind of weak, right? Like <laughs> he's not at all saying I think there might have been a crime. He's right. saying if we don't do something, we're going to look bad. Right. Plus, I'm sure it's an Australian company that does the tour. It is an Australian company that does the tour. So tourism could, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. So a probe ensues. <laughs> like okay. It turns into a whole thing. They actually reenact the whole thing. The Australian police get a dive company and they reenact the entire situation. Okay. got to get a nervous girl with a heart condition. <laughs> <laughs> Who's never dived before. And in 2007, the FBI gets involved. Now that the country of Australia is involved. Now the U.S. government is involved. Right. Right. So the FBI raids Gabe's home at 6 a.m. one morning and takes his computer and various documents. Not his dive computer. Actually, they took that at some point. They did take his dive computer. He had already started dating a new woman at this point. It's a few years later. He's moved on. This woman named Kim. Kim Lewis. Somebody that he went to high school with that yeah. was like a couple years behind him. But and this it, is this is years after the. This is now four years okay. after the. Right. Right. So it's not like completely inappropriate. But everyone notes, and it is true that she looks very similar, very similar to, to, to Tina. To Tina. Okay. So Although he, he was so saying that she's not. That's what I mean. That's not alarming. You think that's alarming? No, not necessarily. You wouldn't try to replace me with a <laughs> with another lovable. I mean, fuzzy. again kool-aid man is not available (laughs) okay so uh, (laughs) back to our slay k yeah all right so so the fbi gets involved they get they they raid his computer they take his computer meanwhile while that's happening in america and they're raiding his computer in this same time period the dive company that did the dive has been fined many fines now for failing to comply with safety standards including that the current was too strong for anyone to be diving. Oh, my goodness. And that they didn't follow their own safety guidelines. Mm-hmm. The orientation, the, uh, the right. interviewing have, Interviewing, right. right. And she was supposed to have, at her dive level, she should have had a, a, diving a dive guide. person with her. Absolutely. So then, cut to a year later, under pressure, the Australian coroner, Mr. Glasgow, who said the whole thing about the political pressure, releases a seven-page inquest basically going through point by point what's happened and the fact that there's been a request by the family to reinvestigate and it's an interesting document because he basically says there's nothing that she could have died from other than drowning there's no indication of a heart attack there's air in her tanks right so somehow or another she drowned 
We're a little unclear exactly what happened, but that is the cause of death, was drowning. Right. So wait, the theory about turning the air off... Basically by saying that she drowned, meaning she did not have oxygen, that potentially that means he turned her air off. So he writes, after this whole thing saying like, the family is asking for this investigation, it's been years, but blah, blah, blah. We arrive at, he writes in his document, on the 22nd day of October 2003... At the site of the historical shipwreck Yangala, 48 nautical miles southeast from the port of Townsville in the state of Queensland, David Gabriel Watson murdered Christina May Watson. Dun, dun, dun. It's <laughs> location. Yeah. Wow. So now he's Oof. accused of murder. In Australia. In Australia. Right. Yes. Good for the Thomases. I mean, <laughs> like. Right. They, was they it a like, murder? Well. Oh. What do we got? That's the Kim, question. What yeah. happens next? Yeah, That's Kimmy, what happened? Well, they actually did a very lengthy investigation. I mean, this whole thing went on for a number of years. Well, we're already at like five years. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we're the, five years on. And at this point, they were trying to extradite him from the United States Australia. to Australia. Mm-hmm. Do we do that? Do we give people to Australia? It's not impossible. They're an ally. But it's a complicated process. Right. And it can go on and on for years. And then Gabe decided that he was just going to go back to Australia. Oh, and face the music. And face Mm -hmm. the music. Wow. Although. Oh, there's ups and downs in this. I like it. Some suspected that there was some sort of deal worked out. Between Gabe and. The Australians. Right. Yeah. We got some people we don't like. Can you take them to the barrier reef for us? (laughs) We have this perfect diving company. (laughs) Spoil sport. (laughs) So he ends up returning to Australia, and they essentially give him a deal where they charge him with manslaughter. And he cops. He takes... Yeah, he says... And then he goes to jail? Yes. He gets a four-year jail sentence. Three years are suspended. And he basically is saying, I'll take the manslaughter charge, and what I'm admitting is that I did not completely fulfill my obligation as a diving buddy to my wife. Because he realizes... Or husband. Right. And he's, I think he's realized at this point this thing has just spun out of control. And well, it's never going to go away. It's, it's not going to stop. Right. And it's like he can go on trial for murder, which could go really poorly. Or he could take this deal. You know, of course, her family was... <laughs> well, they were insulted. Yeah. I mean, it was a slap in the face to them. So they think he's just... They he think he her. did it. He, they think he that killed he... killed her. He did this whole rigmarole, which can't really be proved, Right. Well, no, no, you can't. I don't. You can't really prove it. Can and he, he, in the court the, of Kim, it seems to have been proven. No, I mean, the thing is, is that there's nothing to really prove that he did it. Exactly. Right. And that it was premeditated and that he had this whole thing planned. There, well, let me ask there's a question. no proof of that. Motive. None. <laughs> right. Right. So he does his time in Australia. Right, he gets a year of jail. I don't even know if he finished the sentence. Well, what happened he, was, was that they were... You didn't a, get to finish your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, an appeal. And the family gets so upset. The Thomases. The yeah. Thomases, her family, that they go to Alabama Attorney General Troy King. And he says, this is insane. This man murdered your daughter. In fact, he didn't just murder her, says Troy King. He kidnapped her. Right. right? You said she didn't really want to go on this dive trip and she was nervous. Well, then he kidnapped her and murdered her. 
And he says, the Attorney General of Alabama says Queensland, Australia should start advertising itself as, if you desire to kill your spouse, Queensland should be your homicide destination. Slaycation. Wow. He's like, basically, right? It's a little clunky as as a motto, but yeah. And so he actually puts in to Australia to extradite the guy who's now been sentenced to jail and is serving time in Australia. He wants him extradited back to Alabama to be tried for murder and kidnapping in a state with the death death penalty. penalty. And what does Australia not have? The death penalty. And so Australia says, we will give him to you on the condition that if he is found guilty of murder, you don't kill him. You do not execute the man. Right. Wow, I mean, Alabama Alabama, <laughs> wow, this, Alabama went wild. on to charge him with capital murder. Mm-hmm. Now, the appeal process was three judges in Australia, and he ended up getting more time added to a sentence. Not a whole lot of time, but... But another, like, year or two? Or? Right, because one judge felt that he should have his prison sentence extended, and another one felt... This is nonsense. That Yeah, one of the judges was like, this is just a terrible accident. Right. right. Did he get remarried during this time or anything? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. He okay. remarried this woman, Kim. He did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he comes back to Alabama. Alabama agrees we won't Oof. execute him. So right. he comes back and they... Did he have to go back? Yeah, he's, he's extradited. He was extradited. He's okay. being extradited from one justice system to another. Right. Okay, so we have him back in Alabama. Right. right. But Alabama needed to make it very clear that they were not going to implement the death penalty. That had to be taken off the table. So when Gabe was released from prison, I believe it was in sometime in 2010, they had kept him in a facility until they could make sure that he right. was safe from his own country. From, right. <laughs> right. Oh my God. They wouldn't release him to Alabama until right. Alabama said, we won't kill him. But at this time, he had served his sentence in Australia. Plus yeah. the extra time. Plus the extra the time overtime. that was... Yeah. So this guy's, yeah, been run through the ringer. Mm-hmm. I can't say I feel bad because of all the torment he created. Whether it was murder or not. He should never have Take taken her. her on this stuff. Yeah. But okay, so yeah. now he goes back to Alabama. Yeah. And so in Alabama, the way the justice system works there, it's a jury trial, but the judge has the right to dismiss charges. So the judge can dismiss certain charges, any charges that the judge doesn't dismiss then are judged by the jury. Okay. Okay. So the first phase of his murder trial is literally the prosecution just trying to prove to the judge and jury that a murder happened. Right. And that the planning of said murder occurred in the state of Alabama, which was what they were trying to right. make that's the where point. they lived that's where they got married right. so, so in order were. for this to be in the jurisdiction of Alabama right. as a premeditated murder the planning would have had as to a happen capital in Alabama. case but what if it happened on the boat in the barrier reef then it's not an Alabama yeah case. Right. it's certainly not so that's what they had to prove that's a lot to prove it is a lot and so the dive computer comes up again okay okay wow. <laughs> the beep 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 right yeah. so one of the key pieces of this story is that this dive computer was beeping and he had to go back on the boat and fix the battery. Right. And the prosecutors have always said that is BS because a watch with the battery installed improperly sure. would, Does nothing. wouldn't beep. It would do nothing. It would just, Which makes it sense. It would be inoperable. I and have not had the experience where you put a battery in wrong and it makes some noise. No. 
So Gabe's lawyer, a guy named uh, Brett Bloomston, his Alabama defense attorney, says this is a very simple thing to find out. Just call the company that makes the dive computer. And the prosecutors say, well, we didn't do that. And he says, well, I did. And in fact, the dive computer is designed so that if the battery is in wrong, it beeps so that you know (gasps) it's not functioning. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's pretty cool. We got Josh over here as well. Right. Like yeah. it's like really it's no wow one in, that nobody did no one that in six for years. Call the freaking right. Or just right. get one of them and put the battery in wrong and see if it beeps. Right. <laughs> you don't have to call the company. Just buy one or try it with his. Uh, okay, so it does beep. Okay, so it does beep. That's a big like strike because the prosecution whole thing was like he's lying right. about the dive computer, so he's not lying. And it was interesting because it seemed in some strange way that the prosecution made the case for the defense. Mm-hmm. Right. 100%. Their case was so wrapped up in this dive computer. Well, the like, dive computer part of it, though, was just, oh, he had to get separation so he could enact his mm-hmm. evil plan. So, yeah, but if that first part of the plan turns out not to be true. He could still kill her, though. He could still turn off her air. I was going to kill her earlier, but the beeping, I couldn't kill with the beeping in my ears. It was bothering me, so I had to fix that. Then I don't know, right? I mean, it's, it, it doesn't end it completely, does it? Or did it? Well... Not completely. Okay. But motive, right? They couldn't prove the motive. They were even married um, long enough to hate each other. <laughs> that. And only had this $30,000 yeah. life insurance right. policy. Right. Despite the family trying to spin this whole thing that he right. tried to get right. and blah, blah, right. blah. That none of that. It turned out that he had taken on her debt. Yeah. Huh. So. Yeah. They actually, at the trial. <laughs> They have her dad on the stand. Right. Oh, boy. And his lawyer says to her father, did you know that her entire estate was valued at $3,000 at the time of her death? And her father says no. And Bloomston says to the dad, are you aware that she had $24,000 in debt? And the father says no. He asks the father, was there any more than a $30,000 life insurance policy? The father says no. And he says, did you... Dad, mm-hmm. collect the life insurance policy. And dad says yes. Mm. And the prosecution then says, oh, with the ring, right? Right. <laughs> they say the fact that he took her engagement ring off her body mm-hmm. shows greed, okay? The judge at that point, Judge Tommy Nail in Alabama, is so incensed by this prosecutorial comment that he actually, did you read this? He dismisses the jury out of the courtroom and he says to the, the prosecutors, he goes, I've sent the jury out because I have a question for you. And I'm going to read the quote from the judge. He says, so you mean to tell me that Gabe Watson bought the engagement ring, married her. He and his family paid for a wedding. He planned and paid for a honeymoon halfway around the world. Also, he could kill her to get an engagement ring that he bought in the first place. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's flimsy. <laughs> it's super flimsy. I, I, I don't know. I don't think he's not an idiot, he's, he's, but I do think that it's not sounding like a murder. I think the one thing that was clear to me was that her parents did not like him. Mm-mm. And he, in turn, came to really not like them. Right. But think of it this way. You don't like him. He goes around you, and then this happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I fucking knew it. Right. Mm-hmm. I knew this right. guy was going to... 
be trouble. There's also some very odd behavior on his part. In his being Gabe? Gabe. Gabe. Yeah. Okay. When her father, her mother, they had buried her, and he then made a motion to have her body exhumed. Gabe did? Yes. Gabe. Because he forgot another ring or something? <laughs> Oh, she had a watch. Well, he, a he wanted her. He wanted her buried where he wanted her. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. It was an odd sort of situation in that her family would come and lay flowers, and he would literally throw out their flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was clearly a pissing contest. At angry. This point. He was an angry guy. Oh, wait. Yeah. And then there was even they had went to the police. The police did surveillance. That showed him removing the family flowers, right, and putting his own. I don't and, know if he and, put his well, own. Well, and remember, or did he go just, sell them? Let's also keep in mind at this point that the Helena, Alabama Police Department and the parents are basically operating as a unit. Right, they've got the police department on their side. The police department is this tiny local police department that has invested their international reputation in this being a murder case. Right. So, weird behavior or not. The judge, at the end of hearing about all the life insurance that didn't exist and the fact that Gabe actually took on her, her debt. I mean, right. he was trying to pay off Well, I was going to say, where do we go with the case? So, like, he dismissed the, the jury. Judge the judge dismisses came back the in. case. The judge completely dismisses the case. Which is really unusual. Yeah. He said there's, there's not even enough evidence of a murder right. <laughs> for me to even bother putting this to a jury. So right. the case is dismissed. It's over. You're free. Right. And if I was Gabe, I would go to Australia. <laughs> Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife, and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts. People who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done. And that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. Uh, Wow, what a crazy case. And, And by the way, this is one of those cases where when you first read about it, and you read any article about it, it's a case about a guy who murdered his wife yeah. on a scuba vacation. Right. It's one of these, like, cut and dry, like, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And those are all articles that came out around the time that it happened. So it's a very public decision that's been made in the public eye. This is what happened. He took his wife right. on the scuba vacation. He murdered her. And it's like, 
the reputational damage is insane. Like, imagine being this guy, right? Yeah. He made bad decisions. He shouldn't have brought her on this dive trip. He shouldn't have put her in this situation. But he didn't kill her, it seems. And meanwhile, her yeah. family's grieving. He's grieving. He was in love with her. And now he's got to go through all this rigmarole. Right. And, you know, this is a case where if her family had not pushed this and pushed and pushed and pushed, this would have gone down as a right. Tragic. terrible tragedy. Yeah. There was just enough theories that... Uh, well, here's something interesting. So the chief justice in Queensland court had cited stupidity is revealed rather than wickedness, malice is nowhere to be found. In respect to this case must be less seriously regarded than the ordinary domestic case where there is a distinct intention to harm. Mm -hmm. That's such a smarter way of saying what I said earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's go into some takeaway. What's your takeaway from this? Well, my biggest takeaway from this is like, don't do things that you're not equipped for, right? right? Even if you're being pressured into it. There's uh, something like 80 to 90 deaths a year from scuba diving in the United States and Canada. Most of them are deaths of experienced divers Mm -hmm. because inexperienced divers don't go into situations (laughs) where they could die. Right. Like, you're not going out into the open ocean. Most of these deaths, something like 75% of them, are from rapid ascents by experienced divers who get the bends, right, Right. and die. And this is a very rare situation because most people at her diving level would never go near a dive of this complexity. Right, sure. And we hear, you know, but like... Like, they didn't even make it to the bottom. They didn't even make it to the ship. Well, she did. Oh, Jesus, Jerry. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh You're welcome. I... <laughs> the part of Adam will be played by Jerry. <laughs> I know. Exactly, Jerry. For a minute, I was like, wait. <laughs> but the, the point is, yeah, scuba diving is not a guaranteed thing. It's a... Well, the thing is, is that it's so nuanced and complicated. There's so many different types of diving. Right. I did it once, and I will never do it again. Really? I was like, for a couple of reasons. One is, my I have something with my ears, like I have like, which I didn't know, but like I get 10 feet down and my ears start, it feels like someone's putting a pickaxe and I can't, right. I can't clear them. But the other thing I didn't like about it is there was so much to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And I was like pretty good at focusing on things, but there's like a lot of information. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm going to get so into just watching the fish and stuff. I'm going to forget something. Like, I, And I'm sure that with experience and training, you learn how to not do that. I would be the same way. I've but, never done it, but that, yeah, I'd be worried about the tank emptying yeah. and like, can I get back up? When I hit halfway on the gas in my car, I'm right. already thinking like, oh, where's the gas station? I can't even imagine if it was the, you know, the oxygen in a tank yeah, that's on my back. That's got to keep you yeah. alive. And I was even like diving so shallow that, I mean, I probably could have taken a mask off and swum. Right, back. Right. But I was just like, just feels like a lot to pay attention to. Sure. So for me, I would never even think to put myself in that situation. Right. But I would say like, if you're doing a sport or something like this where you're not trained or you have any misgivings, just don't do it. Yeah. It's not or worth it. Or if you're it. anxious. Yeah. I mean, if it's giving you such anxiety. Right. I will piggyback on that. Like, you have to advocate for yourself. Like, this isn't a, quick, a case of somebody doing something that they were nervous about, like that they were just doing on their own. They followed along with their new husband. Right. They allowed themselves to be put, I'm not trying to blame the victim, but you do 
have to advocate for yourself. If you really feel that strongly and that uncomfortable, you can't let somebody strong arm you into doing mm-hmm. something. No matter who they are, no matter how much you love them. You know, and if they love, love you, you they'll, they'll understand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. I would not put Kim in a situation that, you know, I would never let my need to go diving or, or whatever right. it is put somebody else at right. harm. I would say, look, I want to do this. And she would come on the boat, and I would right. go down. Exactly, dive, that's you know, exactly right. how that would play. She'd get seasick, and we'd have to end the trip early. But <laughs> that's, you know, that that's exactly is correct. Me. I'm Kim in this situation. <laughs> yeah, Brian is a much more nimble person about things like hiking and Who's rocks. Brian? And stuff. Brian is my husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I should mention that's that. That's all right. No. <laughs> yeah, we went to a hiking trip out in Sedona, right? Where there was some stuff where I was like, I'm not super comfortable about this, and he's like, Yeah, let's not do it. Right. And there was a couple points where he actually would go ahead, sure. and he's very good at balance and that's yeah, no, he's I like see, yeah. you know and he's like goes ahead and he's like yeah no this is not for you like, exactly don't do it. right he recognizes that and he recognizes your discomfort i think that gabe was probably not a terribly emotionally mature person wasn't necessarily tapped into his wife but i don't know that i think that he deliberately set out to murder her Mm-mm. all right so we got the kim pass unusual yeah. Right. Well, Usually Kim yeah. is, she's a witch. <laughs> she's like, he definitely did it. Yeah. Well, I also think on that point, Kim, that he was so enthusiastic about diving and he's a guy who likes to be outdoors and do stuff. And she got swept up in that right. and was like, I want to do this too. Right. And, well, you know, I think couples need to realize you're allowed to have your own hobbies. It's allowed to want to do something and be like, good, have fun. You mean Adam doesn't knit? I'm afraid that he not only does not knit, crochet, craft in any way. He's not interested. Really? No. Not surprising at all. No. And that's okay. (laughs) I'm so disinterested that I didn't even want to comment. Right. No, he doesn't care. I mean, it's, it's. Of course, I care. You make well, I mean, beautiful you, things. If I make something, it's like, oh, that's so pretty. But he's not like, oh, what yarn did you use? Is that an acrylic? Is that washable? Are you marrying you... that guy though? No. no. Are you marrying the guy who wants to know what yarn you used? <laughs> I don't know. Look, but the you, thing you is, is that there's you no murder expect... shows on me. <laughs> that you're a little forced. No, me. you're just there. I don't right. force them on you. I wish I had a heart condition there. that would stop me from watching murder shows. <laughs> And Kim, did you have any takeaway? The thing that really stuck with me was the fact that she was very anxious. Her diving instructor said that she was terrified. It just felt like if it terrifies you, maybe what you need to ask yourself is, is this something that I really want to do or am I doing this for somebody else? And if you really want to do it, maybe you just need more time. More practice. More more, practice. mm -hmm, You know, help. Take the orientation. Why not? Why not just take the orientation? Exactly. And then they could suss you out. And then they could see if you're really. Why not have the dive master there? Why not just say, you know what? Let's just have him there. I mean, I know you're an expert, babe, but I want the master there. (laughs) (laughs) The dive master. Oh, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) So many jokes not coming out of Adam's mouth right now. Holy. I didn't say it. I'm going to say yep. one last thing on that is that that's a great point is that whenever you're doing these kind of activities, take the orientation because if she had, they would have totally identified that she could not only be out with Gabe. They would have made her go. Absolutely. One Absolutely. of their employees. So wait, what actually happened to that company that didn't do the orientation and didn't do the separate interview? 
Well, they're actually still in business. They paid the fine and they're still in business. And I'm sure that they are probably much more on top of their guidelines. I would hope so. Being followed to the letter. Yeah, it's funny. The separate interview thing, you know, you usually hear about that, like when the cops pick up people like that are involved in a crime and they interview everybody separately. Like you don't think of it in terms of a scuba diving company, but it makes total sense. Did you know that there was actually a Lifetime movie? I was going to ask if there was anything about this. About, yeah. Oh, a yeah. Lifetime movie. Yeah, I'm trying to think what it's the name Spoil of it was. Sport. It's interesting <laughs> that all these, all these death things are on a channel called Lifetime. But whatever. It's called Yacht Without My Daughter. <laughs> Yacht Without My <laughs> Nice. Thank you. Yeah, no, Lifetime movie. <laughs> I, Yacht Without My Daughter. It's know, pretty good. No, it's not bad. Not bad. That should be what it's called. Fatal Honeymoon. From the makers of generic title comes Fatal Honeymoon. Next up, Bad Date. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like we should remake it as Yacht Without My Daughter. And that premiered, (laughs) Fatal Honeymoon premiered on August 25th, 2012. So that was right after the case was dismissed. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So many years in the making. Yeah. Was there a movie about the... uh, Wait, I need to know who's in this movie. Starring Harvey Keitel. Oh, wow. Harvey Keitel. It's Tom Thomas. Billy Miller and Amber Clayton. Oh, my God. I don't know who the... real. <laughs> who did Harvey Keitel You thought play? I was making it up? You thought I was Harvey making Keitel it up? Harvey Keitel must play her dad. Right. He's Tom Thomas, right? Oh, this looks terrible. <laughs> A Lifetime movie that's not that good? What are you talking about? Look at these. <laughs> Could you possibly tell? No expense was spared. <laughs> <laughs> no expense was expensed. <laughs> Holy moly. This is why, why Fatal Honeymoon? Like, I feel like that could be the title of, like, most of the things on Lifetime. Yep, there's Harvey Keitel. That looks like he's playing her father. Right. What was the rating? Oh, what, like Rotten Tomatoes? Or, yeah, or any... any. Uh... It has a 5.5 on IMDb. 81% liked on Google. Ah, maybe um... it's one of those sleeper hits. So wait, in the Lifetime movie... Is he a murderer, or is, does he get dismissed, or do they include the dismissal? Well, having not seen the movie, I'm going to have to look that up for you, Adam. Maybe we should watch that movie. Oh, it has a uh, 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. Twi- I, I didn't know there was a movie. Fun fact. I can't believe you haven't seen it yet, Timmy. I, I can't believe just recently found out oh, okay. about Fatal Honeymoon. Is that what you've been trying to get me to go see in the theater? <laughs> I mean, it says the movie is about the investigation into whether or not an American murdered his wife on honeymoon right. in Australia. Um, I don't know. If you'd like to watch it for four ninety nine, it's available on Amazon. Thank you. That's all right. I've got Should a... we just do that for the next hour and a half? Uh, <laughs> I've got a Russian pirate site. I'm sure I could watch it tonight. All right, guys. I don't know if we need any of the last 10 minutes of this show to be in the show. <laughs> well, wait, Kim, you had another takeaway. I know this is a tough one, but if your kid comes home with somebody and you are not psyched, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Why? Because it will only make their love stronger. It will, they will cling to that person. They will cleave unto that person. They will definitely marry that person. They're, they're definitely not choosing you no. over them. no. That's no. just never how the story ends. Was it no. pretty clear that she knew that her father had said no? No, it, it, I don't think she even knew. I think what she, think he said but I think what she did know, right. this and this had even come up, what she did know was that her 
father, her mother, that they did not particularly care for him. Right. And in fact, the minister who had married them had even had made a comment that she would even lie to her parents because she didn't want to spend time with them. You don't want to spend time with people that are just basically like, oh. Picking apart your life. Right. That's why when Gia calls me with advice, I'm like, this is a setup. Gia's our daughter. When she's like, oh, I'm thinking of breaking up with my boyfriend. I'm like. You go, I love him. He's the best. Exactly. I can't wait till he's in our family. Exactly. And then he's gone by the week. <laughs> by the weekend. <laughs> really, what you really should do is encourage them to think about what is best for them. Right. Turn it on them. Right. I mean, I don't know if it would have made a difference. I don't know if it would have even helped point, in this though. case. Now, what if they would have embraced him? What if they would have went to dinner with his family oh, yeah. and was like, oh, we love you guys. You guys are great. We're family. What if they had done that? Or even just made an effort. Right. It sounds like they didn't even make the effort. Right, exactly. So, so I don't know. That's just something Does that mean that, we have to start making efforts? Yes. Shit, Okay. I think it's I think right. I think it works. All right. One thought on Gabe. Like Gabe strikes me as like one of those guys who's just super overconfident, thinks he's so great at like say scuba diving that don't worry about it that you're a novice, that you have no experience. You're with me. I'm Superman. I can take care of you. I can handle anything. I've got friends like that. I know that type. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting too because, you know, it's even sort of figured that Gabe wasn't as experienced as he even said he was. Well, at least he knew well, how the battery worked. You know, and the thing is, he, in a certain context, he was very experienced, but it's very easy for certain kinds of guys, a lot of guys, maybe most guys, to be like, oh, well, I know how to do that in that world, so I can go, you know, do it elsewhere without thinking about, oh, my, maybe my skills don't translate. Right. Well, unless anybody But has I think we've all... Agreed that one of the takeaways is anything that makes you that anxious. Right. Don't do it. Don't do it. Anybody that cares about you will understand. It's okay to have your own hobbies. Your partner does not necessarily have to. Thanks for the recap, honey. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us on another exciting episode of Slaycation. And we'll see you on the next one. (laughs) 